0: Hello and welcome to what is a sort of special, unique edition of Line Noise. It's not a sort of classical Line Noise. It's slightly out of uh, out of sync. We're going to be doing it anyway. Basically, this is an interview uh, I did with Mary Davidsen. At the Primavera weekender recently, Mary Davidson who's already been on One Line Noise and um I love her so much she's coming back for another one. Um she really is 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 great. I love the profundity and the humour and everything. Uh anyway, I really hope you enjoy this sort of special one-off with Mary Davidson. Welcome once more to Radio Primavera Sound at the Primavera Weekender. Uh, that was Marie Davidson and Louis Nhu with "Worst Comes to Worst," uh, which is a song taken from their excellent Renegade Breakdown album. And it's a pleasure uh, to say we have Marie with us today. How are Hi. you doing?
1: Good, actually. I'm a bit cold right now, but uh, looking forward to the show.
0: Yeah, me too. It's not exactly sort of sunny, Benny is it? It's uh,
1: no, but it's the the sight is. Pretty interesting, though. <laughs> I like it.
0: Paint it in words. Well, how would you describe this? I've been trying to do do this.
1: Uh, it's, it's very surreal. Well, it feels like going on a on a on a day camp. You know, feels like a kids' uh, theme park, uh, Robin Hood oriented theme park.
0: Yeah, I mean, just normal. You know. <laughs> I'm really glad we got the opportunity to play a bit of that song because that song has been absolutely stuck in my head uh, for about... Well, I listened to it a lot when the album came out. And then I was thinking about coming here and I was listening to the album again. And that song's just been resolutely stuck in my head.
1: That's funny because that's the song we did for our soundcheck. We just finished our soundcheck. We, we did that song, the whole, the whole, the whole thing, because it's a good way to test a lot of instruments at the same time. So you should... I should have invited you to the soundcheck.
0: Well, presumably you'll play it tonight. We will. Okay. Did you realize you were making something as incredibly catchy as that?
1: No, actually. Well, I, I was aware it's pop and it's like disco or rock pop. Whatever. There's a lot of influences and vibes in that song. But I did not have... I was not aware that it it, 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 it is that catchy or maybe that catchy to you. But that's nice. That's good to know.
0: So your your previous album, Working Class Woman, did really, really well. Um, And then you took what I would call is a massive, I was going to say U-turn, but it's not really. It's like a left turn. Exactly.
1: I I, I agree to that. It's not a U-turn, but it's a big change. So let's call it a left turn. Left turn. Why
0: did you decide to do that?
1: Just to explore, you know, as an artist. I think that a lot of creative people like to try a lot of things. A lot of people actually ask me that question, and I always answered pretty much the same. I got bored. I was very happy with what I was doing solo, and at some point I I felt like I kind of like reached a limit at the time being, and I needed to explore other avenues, and I, I, I wanted I came, I I come from a band background. I've played in bands, several bands. I played, I I was also doing another project with my husband, Esepa, And I wanted to bring back the musicianship, you know, playing with other people. Because I was always, it was always just myself and my machines, hardware stuff. And it was absolutely exciting and and challenging. And at some point I, I felt like I was kind of, I was, I did not want to repeat myself. And now, now, like in the last month, I've started to make solo music again on, on hardware, but adding also computer. So it's just, I think, it's just an evolution that goes in many directions. But uh, this band is not final destination, you know, and uh, working class woman was also absolutely not the final destination. I don't know what, when and what and where and how the destination, the final destination, will sound.
0: Was well, Leu a, a new band that you yes. put together? Because Pierre Pierre is in is in this band. He's also in S. A. P.
1: Exactly, and Azel and Jesse are also from Montreal. But uh, we started a band, Pierre, Azel, and I, and Azel and Pierre had a duo together but more studio oriented they had produced music back in 2011 2012 together and they were called le nu so we just decided to combine
0: joint forces
1: yes join forces is that it? that that's it exactly
0: so i should maybe be asking this to them but like le nu means the na- the naked eye yes does that have a speci- special
1: significance I think it's very uh, poetic and open to a lot of interpretations. There is not a specific, I believe, but you, you need to ask them after the show.
0: Um, and you all come from Montreal's DIY scene. Yes. Um, tell me a bit more about that. What's it, what's it like?
1: Well, right now it's not what it was because of COVID unfortunately it has really slowed down or even destroyed a lot of organizations or places where people used to gather and exchange music, but it's a it's a it was a strong scene back then. Um it's very open-minded. It's maybe like maybe or album, in a way, just in a way, not not absolutely like literally, but in a way, could a little bit represent the vibe of the scene because on our album, there's a lot of different styles and we explore a lot of different um, musical avenue. And for us, it's just absolutely normal. You know, we never thought, oh man, this is so strange or so... Um, avant-garde and then putting on the record and seeing other other people's reaction people were like oh this is bold and you're going everywhere and for us we're like well we just do music you know we like different kinds of music and we we all come from we all met at a space and we all participate participated in in a scene that came that 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 was brought up in, in a warehouse space that was called La Brick, and we hosted noise shows, free jazz, hardcore, uh, rock, rock, post-punk, and techno, and eventually raves, like warehouse rave parties, and that's really where I came from, and th- this is how my solo project started, actually, in that space, and... Pierre and Azel were also evolving around that space. And eventually we met Jesse a few years later. And he also um, collaborated with a lot of people in Montreal, like Bernardino Feminelli or um, uh, our friend Alex Zhang, who used to have this that project called Dirty Beaches. We were all um, sharing ideas and friendship and we all met through that that space so for us like music is music and and everything's possible within a same night on the same bill or within even a same album so I guess that's how I would describe the scene how it was back then at the moment what is the scene in Montreal I can't really tell you unfortunately because I'm on tour but also since COVID it's things are slowly starting again, so it's not as as active as it, as it was. Maybe I'm, I'm also getting older, I don't go out as much as I used to.
0: Right, I want to play just a little bit of, of a song. This is the, the song on the album that really made me think, wow, this is this is different, this is not what I, I expected. Um, just In My Head. Okay, that was Just In My Head, um, Beautiful Number by Mary Davidson and Louis New. When I I said that there was one song that really made me realize that something was different going on, were you expecting that song or was it a different one?
1: I thought it could have been um, Lead Sister, but I'm very happy. I'm glad you played that song because I like it a lot. It's one of my favorite on the record.
0: Is it similar to kind of things you've done along time ago
1: with s we did some blues rock stuff very moody um like guitar and old drum machine oriented and bluesy singing from from myself but this was more like an attempt to i love jazz I that's the first music i actually really liked as a as an as a an individual, you know, when I was twelve, I, I discovered Billy Holiday, and and my dad is really into Chet Baker, so we would listen a lot to uh, those two those two artists, and a lot there was a a jazz show on the main station Radio Canada, Radio Canada, whatever. Uh, <laughs> it's like one of the the it's like the main national ch- channel, and. There was this uh, show that was called Silence on Jazz, which means silence. We're jazzing. It sounds awful, but <laughs> in French, but it means like silence. It we listen to jazz, and and it played like I think every weeknight. So often we would listen to that at 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 home uh, for while while having dinner, and. It it really shaped my appreciation of music as a as a young, like as a early teenager and growing up as a teenager and eventually into adulthood. I still listen a lot to jazz, so that was an influence. But it's also like it was also. We wanted to do like a um, very atmospherical moody song, and that's how it came out but the, the 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 vocal line and the lyric came from the lyrics came from me but the music came mostly from Pierre Azel well. so um it's also like their own interpretation of what they heard and what I brought in studio so it's a mix of different personalities so yes it sounds very different from what i was doing before
0: does your dad like it that song yes he
1: he he likes it and that makes me very happy
0: It it was said around about the time of the album's release that you had um, retired from Club Music.
1: Yeah, it's weird. I never said, like, once again, that's the press. You know, people, journalists, they turn things into headlines because they have to, because they need people to click on it. I just said what I've said (laughs) in two thousand nine is that I was going to stop making Club Music, and I basically wanted to... Announce my last stretches of show, especially the last show I did was very meaningful because it was in my hometown Montreal, and it w- I was uh, I I curated for the first time the whole night, so I had uh, Afro deutsch play and uh, Depth Charge from Underground Resistance from Detroit, which is which is like some of my favorite people on earth. They they are amazing musicians, but mostly amazing human beings, and they they've been a huge inspiration for me. And I had Pierre play his solo project for St. Antoine and Caralis Coverdale also, who's a very dear friend of mine. I don't know if you know her music. She's amazing. And um, and uh, Solitary Dancer were, were also playing. And I just wanted to the the fact that I was not going to make that music live probably ever again or not in not that way. So I kind of like wanted to, let people know so if they wanted to see that, hear that one one last time, they should come. But then it got turned into like a big story, which I was like, guys, I'm just stopping to play clubs to make other kind of music, but I still love dance music. I still go out sometimes. I might do another dance song one of these days, but this is just not a career I wanted to pursue anymore. I, I wanted to try other things.
0: One of the things that was mentioned um, is the influences on Renegade Breakdown, um, which is some of the most fa- uh, most fabulous collection of names I've heard. Fleetwood Mac, Craftwork, Billie Holiday, which we mentioned, uh, Milen Farmer, and Karen Carpenter.
1: The Carpenters. The Carpenters, right. I'm much more inspired by Karen than Richard, but I mean, Richard's an amazing songwriter. So if we want to reference... We have to, rep- I, I respect the band. Although, in the story of what they were and what they are, I feel much more sympathetic towards Karen. Lead Sister is a song that's dedicated to Karen Carpenter, but the, the music, I have to say, the Carpenters.
0: Is there something that connects all of these different artists? I don't
1: you? think so. M- music, musicianship, good good compositions, you know.
0: I personally in the album hear quite a lot of um, 80s influence, um, particularly, I mean, worst comes to worst, which we, we heard earlier is this very sort of 80s. I get a bit of um, in excess kind of maybe. Nice.
1: <laughs> I like that.
0: Um, OK, is, is that a time you really like in music or is it a time that influences I like it? You? I
1: like everything. like I told you, I, I grew up listening to a lot of jazz. So there was more like 30s, 40s, 50s. Um, but, yeah, I have to admit that I'm a big, big fan of 70s and 80s music. It's I can't hide it. This is what I have been listening the most to in the last years. But I guess, no, because what I listen to the most is ambient music, so modern and older. Um, but I do really love late 70s, early 80s especially, Uh for me, that's like a golden era for music production. I love it.
0: One of the things I really love about your music um, is the sense of humor that, that comes through. Because I think sense of humor in music is the most difficult thing to do. Really, really hard. And you, you, you do it. You, you make songs that are funny but profound.
1: Well, thank you. If I you, really appreciate you saying that.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I mean, because it's like you could you could take all the humor out and it would still be a really good song um but with the do you see what I, and it, but it, it it's funny but it says something about about the world um again how how do you do that is that just something that comes quite naturally do you have to think no
1: no no i i, I now it comes more naturally but uh, through like my adulthood I, I let's say when i got to adulthood my sense of humor was not so great. <laughs> I was very insecure. And and navigating through life and, you know, getting older, I realized that one thing that really helps me is laughing about myself. So I started like almost... I, I'm also an only child, so I spent a lot of time alone in my life, and I still do... I love people, but I'm also a loner. I, can, I kind of like bounce back between very social and being alone. And I, I, I realized at some point that laughing about myself or the situation, not in a cynical way. I don't, I'm not a fan of cynicism, but like dark humor really eased the pain. So I just started integrating into my music around 2015 and it felt good so I just kept on exploring that and, and I feel like it, it's not over I, just, I, I wish I hope I can push it even further well
0: i want going to play a little bit of a song um which I think kind of illustrates this this approach uh, Renegade Breakdown yes it is yeah <laughs> Renegade Breakdown
1: this time I'm exploring the loser's point of view
0: Okay, so I had to keep it in because that—that is my—that is my, my favourite line. It's the first first song on the record, and you say, "Oh, by the way, there are no money makers money makers on this record. This time, I'm exploring the loser's point of view." What was what was your thinking there, like?
1: Oh, it's it's just you know this. Well, I'm sure you have an idea. It's on my previous record. There's a song called "Work It," that. I still don't know how and when and why, but it 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 got really successful you know <laughs> it was beyond my expectation. I did not write this the work it song I really wrote it for me to know to, to, you know to, I wrote it to um, once again using humor to kind of like uplift I wrote it on to to have a nice song energetic song to play on tour and and lift myself up. <laughs> and and I put a lot of love into that song, but I never intended to, to make a hit or please people. I really did it for myself, but it talked to people, and it still talks to people. We play it with the band. We have a, a band version of it, and I can feel it. Like it really talks to people, and that makes me so happy. That's the nice part. The downside of it is that I became, some people call me the work-it girl. I've met people that are like, oh, <laughs> you're the work it girl. And I'm like, no, I'm Marie Davidson. I'm a human being and I make like, I've been making music for 12 years. But yes, I did that song. But uh, so the downside of it, and I'm not complaining, it's part, I, I, mm. I wouldn't change anything, but it's that people really expect that from me. And I feel like some people were really expecting me to do more of that. And I'm sorry to disappoint. So this, the Renegade Breakdown is kind of a warning, a tongue-in-cheek warning. It's like, hear this song. It's really fun. It's a banger also. But I'm warning you, the rest of the record is not going to be like Working Class Woman or Work It. It's just going to be something else. And take my hand if you want, and I'll follow, I'll, I'll lead you somewhere else. And if you don't want to follow, well, just, just stay where you want to be. And that's totally fine with me.
0: But again, that's something I love, because I think it's very rare for an artist in in a record to address the listener in that way to directly say no right there right
1: i guess it's not very common
0: so what is work it was a hit what is the weirdest place you've heard
1: it Uh, good question that's a good question I've heard it many, some many times in like restaurants eating, and I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Weirdest this place? Some people have heard it weirder places, but I think, yeah, not me. Like where this place was while eating. Yeah. Because also the funny thing is that this song, there's um there's a. Um, a second degree and third degree to this song and this message, because this song, when I say um, you got to love yourself, feed yourself, you know, it, it talks about this song talks about breaking up with anorexia. I have a past with an eating. I, I, I've i had an eating disorder for a, lo- a long time. That's why I was saying I wrote this song mostly for myself and, and yes, other people. But the message is genuinely learn how to love yourself. So. Hearing this song while eating somewhere—that's extremely interesting, but also sometimes uh, um, shocking to me.
0: It doesn't sound like as much as I love the song. It doesn't sound like the kind of thing I would put at a restaurant. No, well, yeah,
1: yeah, well, like you know, this like kind of like you're on tour and you go to a place, you know, like restaurant, bar, whatever. So.
0: one last question. You, you mentioned you've been writing again. You've been writing on Hardware, right? Um, what can we expect in the future? Any any hints?
1: I don't want to tell you. Fair enough. I'm going to take my time. You can expect... Actually, what you can expect is maybe I will disappear for a while because I'm very excited, actually, about what I've been working on. And this time... Because, I, like I said in the song, working. I'm, I'm a work colleague, so I used to you know, always be full speed. And I feel like trying something else again, once again. And and now what I feel is trying also to change my work process and take my time to craft my sounds and explore.
0: Marie, thank you so much thank for you. being to us today. I'm really looking forward to seeing you tonight.
1: Yeah, it's going to be fun. That 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 space with the sand and the the, like it's like an amphitheater for medieval horse fights. I don't yeah, know.
0: jousting. Yeah. Ja-
1: oh, that's how you say it in in English. Sorry, I don't know the name in French. Yeah, that's exciting. We're we're excited. If you want band. to
0: introduce a joust element to the show, um, <laughs> it's not too late. I reckon you could you know go and get some horses.
1: No, no, I'll leave that to you. <laughs> oh,
0: thank you so much.
1: Denied my application. I'm not a slave of your institution. You want a weapon of mass destruction.